Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Welcome to Kicking It with Jeff Woody and Grant Mahoney. We're we're live, Jeff. Yeah. You were just lamenting. The world's on fire. Nothing matters. Iowa State lost one game, and my self-worth is exclusively tied to the success of 18 to 23-year-olds, and I can't be happy anymore, Grant. I'd been told the football program is shutting down, that I'm not even going to Ohio. Nothing. I, I Season's over. Did you go to the jersey burning this week? I, 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 that was, I, I was the leader. The, of the jersey burning? That was me in the helmet, yeah. <laughs> so, welcome to Kicking It uh, with Grant Mahoney and Jeff Woody. Uh, we are reacting sarcastically to the Iowa-Iowa State game uh, that happened, unfortunately, with Iowa winning 20-13. to 13. We are going to talk a lot about the special teams on it. We're going to get, uh, we you, hopefully, the, the recording schedule on this one, because we do have a guest that we're going to be getting to, which we'll, I'll let Grant introduce once we actually get down there. We're going to preview Ohio a little bit by the time we get there. So we would have gone through a lot of the nuts and bolts of what happened uh, with Colin Newell. We would have already, this will be released after that. So if you're interested in the breakdown of the actual game itself, we're going to do a lot of that breakdown on fart. So you can kind of go check that one. We are going to talk about what happened because there are specific things that we want that, that at least this show, we're going to get at least a different vantage point. So we're recording in the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Studios and this thing, this lovely furniture, this thing is lovely, lovely furnished by Nebraska Furniture Mart as per the usual. Uh, we are the, the primary sponsor is Calder Manufacturing. We are Hitting September, it actually feels like fall. So for those of you that are in harvest season, you don't, don't really care what it feels like. It's just a matter of what you actually got to do. Uh, Kelder Manufacturing has the original corn reel invented back in 1977 that can do both up and down corn. And that is Kelder Manufacturing. I mean, uh, also, big Cyclone fan. So Cyclones helping Cyclones, especially this week when you're going to have the annoying Iowa fans saying, I told you so, 
even though they didn't tell you so. So Grant, what were your re- initial reactions after the 2013 loss? So just like reactions from the game. Pain. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, Iowa doesn't, they don't mess up. You know, they, they, they let you beat yourself. And I hate to, to be that person who's saying that Iowa State beat themselves, but Iowa had no penalties. We threw a pick six. We had a, a field goal blocked. And you lost by seven. Lost by seven. We, we had a, a, a pass interference that I think it was the right call, but had that not been a pass interference, I think it was on third down. Yep, it was, it was a third. I think that led to third one of the touchdowns. Yep. So we, we beat ourselves, you know, and that's kind of the story of this game almost every year. Yeah, the thing that we that is that is frustrating about it is you was that game surprising at all? Nope. Nope. It was exactly the way it was that we expected that that we as fans and people whether it's fans or analysts, it's exactly the way you expected it to go and it still wasn't able to be changed from what the expectations were, which that's the frustrating part. I think to me knowing and going in every single week or every single year when you play Iowa, you know exactly what you're going to get. This is not a poker game where someone's trying to like bluff you into something. It's a poker game where they're turning their cards and showing them to you being like, I have an ace and a jack. What are you going to do? Like that's the entirety. And that's the frustrating part. And then when it happens and the loss still happens, that's where it starts to get frustrating. Like I told you I had an ace and a jack. I told you I had an ace and a jack. It's like, damn it. So statistically... Iowa State had a higher number of offensive yards, time of possession, first downs, completions, third down conversions, and sacks, and still lost the game. Fun fact, Iowa had nine first downs in the entire game. Mm. Nine. They had 11 possessions. If you, if you, 11 possessions, if you include the kneel down at the very end of the game. 11 possessions, nine first downs. If you remove that Jay-Z and Patterson run, Iowa ran for 1.8 yards per carry. And That's still managed to win. Now, granted, that, that drive ended up on a field goal, so it's not like it was the, the worst thing on earth. But And, you know, you can't just remove plays. That also happened on a third down. It was on a third down. Now, the uh, they only converted five of those. Iowa was five of or five of 15. I think, excuse me, four of 15? Four of 15 on third down. Just two of them happened, happened to be Five of 14. Big, five of 14. And they just happened to be big conversions. So the frustrating part is knowing exactly what you're going in and it happening that way. Um the encouraging part, I would say, I thought Rocco played really well. Like generally, other than that, uh, the, other than the pick six, which is obviously a stupid decision. Uh, and that's one where, you know, as you learn, you're going to go back. I mean, we all Brock Purdy is like the the shining jewel of the NFL right now. Remember what happened to the TCU game in 2000? Was it 18, 2019? Do you remember what happened in that, Aiden? When Brock was getting sacked. And got spun around and just chucked it over his head for an interception return. And you're going, what in the flying frick is that? Yeah, that was bad. I think that was 2020. 2020. Okay, so 2020. The year that team got their stuff together, and one might say. And still, that was when, I mean, that happened. So it, was, it, it happens. Like, you make stupid decisions. So that's one where you get to the sideline. You go, all right, kid. Like, I understand on paper that that should be there. You're, they're playing cover three, the number two. So a little, I don't know, a little behind football. Like oh, what, how, what, what actually happened on that place? I was playing cover three. 
they play a lot of zone. They're almost exclusively zone. They very rarely will play a matchup. And if they do play a matchup, it's more like a matchup cover two, like a two man under. But their safeties play super deep. And so on that play, they're playing cover three. And who plays the flat on cover three? Uh, if the corner is the one that's dropping, because you have two safeties, one of the corners is going to get out of there. So who's going to be playing the flat? It's going to be the linebacker to that side. If you have leverage, meaning your receiver is outside of their linebacker, on paper, the right throw is to throw it to that guy because you have leverage. But it's a far field throw. It's a uh, aggressive linebacker that knows what they're doing. So in practice, that doesn't work. So that's one of those, you get to the sideline, you go, hey, kid, I get it on paper. I, I know what you're thinking, but we got to reshape that. And that's a, it's a learning thing that's going to happen. And I think Rocco played fairly well. Uh, I'm going to say it. He outplayed Cade. I think he looked like the better quarterback on the field. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, maybe when McNamara is a little bit healthier, he's able to do a little bit more. Um, but there was a lot of missed throws. Um, I think true. Lachey and all I mean, Luke Lachey is going to be a first or second round draft pick. He's a very good tight end. He was, yeah, he was the best one on the field for him, for sure. Uh, the... But the thing is, is so like we, another thing, Iowa State also outplayed them in special teams, sands a blocked field goal. So we, in in years past, we are not years past in weeks past or last week, we did a hit a, a statistic of hidden yardage, which if you're not sure, go back. I went to like a longer diatribe. The, the short answer of it is basically how far does your team does your team have to go to catch up to where my team started? So those yards, you might be higher on the stat sheet. But you just have to get to where I start. So those yards are hidden because my team might just get a start, the head start. What do you think the hidden yardage was? Iowa State being on the plus side, Iowa State being, or if, if Iowa State had more yards, they would be plus X. If Iowa State had less yards, they would be minus X. How many, what do you think the total hidden yardage was on Saturday, including the pick six, because that is included in the rules? So the total yards, Iowa State had 290, Iowa had 235. So I think, um, I don't like this game. I would say that Iowa, that Iowa had more hidden yardage with the pick six. Well, but then again, our, our punter had a better game than their punter. I would say that Iowa was plus 60. Iowa State plus 55, including the pick six. Mm. If you take away the like pick six, game. Iowa State would have been plus 155 yards in special teams. So if you look at, and this is this is one caveat on this, is the only drive that was removed from this is once Iowa State got, uh, failed on fourth down and Iowa State, or in Iowa knelt it out, you remove that drive because there was no yards intended to be gained. So you just take that statistic off there. So Iowa State had 12 drives. Their average starting field position was their own 29. Iowa had 10 drives because they had a pick six for a touchdown and you remove the one, which was the, the kneel down at the end of the game. So they had 10 drives. The, their average starting field position when you remove the pick six and the kneel down was their own 19. So if you're in an Iowa state special teams, special teams meeting circa 2010 goal checked, hit that nailed it. You know what didn't happen? Perfect execution on field goals. Yeah. What happened on that from your perspective as a kicker? Cause I don't know how many times you watched that play. What, what happened with that extra point. Yeah. So coach Campbell talked about it after the game too, that the, the line was set, the ball was set. The long snapper had the ball and the ref came up through the linebacker and he moved the ball like a foot. Why? Don't know. Because then the long snapper, snapper grabbed it, put it right back where it was. He snapped it. It looked like the guard wasn't ready, which is where they came through and blocked it one, but also two Contreras. I thought watching it live, I thought right away, I was like, he's taking his time back there. You got to go. And so 
initially I thought, oh, he just, just took his time. That's why I got blocked. But then watching it back, what had happened was I don't think the line was set and good on Iowa for noticing that and busting through right there. Um, and they blocked it. But I'm, I'm really proud of Contreras for – he's been through some adversity. I mean, granted, it's not anything like major, but last game, you know, he had the bobbled – Bobbled snap, yeah. PT, bounced back and hit a 56-yarder. This week, you know, we drive however many yards, the you know, the entire length of the field, set up for a field goal, gets it blocked, bounces back, and goes two for two. So I'm, I'm proud of him for, you know, how he's bounced back. And um, I, I hope that they'll pay dividends, you know, later on in the season when inevitably – adversity will continue to you know arise one way or the other well and i think the other thing special teams wise that i think a lot of people are are mad about is when jalen Knoll didn't field that punt return which was kind of a a skidding punt return um i can understand why that wasn't fielded i would like him to have fielded it but i would rather him feel confident in not fielding it than be than lack confidence and try to field it because your team gets the ball back if you just don't touch it. If you don't put a punt returner back and they punt the ball, you get the ball back. End of story. Doesn't matter. So worst case scenario, your team retains, gets possession. If it's a little bit further back, not great, but better than nothing. And so if there's a ball that's a hot shot that's running on the ground, it's not an even, the ball is not Peter, round. Peter, Peter. That's Peter, Peter, poison, poison, whatever your team calls it, you call that and get out of the way. Now, if you get a candy hop, which he did at one point earlier in the game, uh, you get a candy hop, you can kind of catch it and see if you can get something out of it, but you're trying to avoid giving the ball back to the other team. We saw that, I think it was 2019, was uh, maybe 2017, when you go to Iowa State was going to field the punt return and had uh, number two run into the punt returner because he was trying to block trying somebody to. else and caused the fumble. And that, you, you know, again, you have the ball back. If you don't put a returner back, you automatically get the ball back. That punt based on the cues that Jalen would have gotten was supposed to go to his right. Everything about the formation, everything about Taylor's steps was to the right. Taylor just shanked it. Like that was the best punter in America. Shank it a punt. It happens. Whatever. That ball is skittering along. You know how much possession matters because you've been told that every possession counts. It's going to be a low possession game. Maybe you get a candy hop. If But if you bobble that candy hop, Cooper Jean's probably going to fall on the ball. I mean, he's just there. Every Their best tacklers in space are going to be on the coverage team. So, yeah, it's not great that he didn't field it. And, like, sure, there was a candy hop. But when you're looking at the ball, you can't be looking at the return, the coverage team. If you're looking at the coverage team, you can't be looking at the ball. So I, I, I'm not that mad about that particular special teams play. The one, the, the one or two special teams plays that I think will very much get cleaned up for next year or next week and going forward are on kick return is when the ball doesn't get fielded on kick return, that rule is not the same. Yep, that's what I was going to say too. Is if they kick off and they get on the ball, they get the ball. If the ball doesn't cross the end zone. Right. And, and, and the one that he did not field hit the goal line and bounced back into Play. Right. Right. And the ball is naturally he's going to have some backspin to it. So mm-hmm. there's like what like a 50 50 shot that it catches the nose maybe yeah. and then actually gets some backspin yeah. most of the time because momentum is going to carry it through. But like it's it, you could get this like, you know, the Scotty Scheffler wedge shot where it spins backwards. So the easy fix to that is you put your heels in the goal line. If it's going over your head, do the whole put your arms out thing. And the reason why they put your the reason why they do the put your arms out is because the people that are blocking, like the people that in, would have been in my position, I'm trying to set my blocks off the angle of where the returner is because I need to know where 
I'm blocking too, because I might, I don't want to block the guy into my returner. So I'm looking back at him. I'm like, I'm going to peek at the returner. And so if he's putting his arms out in that T position, which is really clear, then I know like, all right, disengage, don't get a holding block in the back, cheap shot, something, don't do anything stupid. So that's what that little T thing is. Well, if you're gonna do that little T thing, put your heels in the goal line. And if it's over your head, do the little T thing. If it's not going to go over your head, catch the ball. What if, if, if you don't want to return it, fair catch it. Yeah. That's a new, that's a rule that is, that's allowed. And you get the ball to 25. It's just like it going in the end zone is just put your hand up in the air, wave it, catch the ball, get to 25. So I think that is going to be a really easy fix. And that we would, our returners. So like Jarvis West and Josh Lenz were the two guys that returned punts most of the time when I, when we were there. Um, and the rule that they would have is they'd call it like the 10 yard cliff is that you're standing on punt return. You put your heels in the 10 and if the ball's going over your head, just get away from it. There's nothing good that can happen unless it's a line drive and you know, you can absolutely do something with it. Do the same thing on kick return, put the, put your heels at the zero. If it's over your head, let it go. If it's in field, it's fieldable, get it. But that's it. That is a clean up a bull mistake. And there's, there's no reason to, you know, punt it's, it's different because they're punting from, you know, different yards on the field. So yes, if you're at the 10 yard, then it goes over your head. There's a better chance the punt's going to roll forward than not unless it's, you know, unless, unless it's, they're punting from like the 38 yard line and he's really trying to put backspin on it. Yeah. So unless, so, so when you normally go to punt a ball, you, it's almost, you're holding the ball as if you're going to shake someone's hand. Now, if you are closer to the mid midfield line, you saw Perkins do it one time. You'll see him do it quite a bit. You, you hold the ball kind of like on its top and you're basically kicking the bottom of it to get that, you know, end Backspin. over end. Yeah. yeah. End over end. Like a, like a, so un, unless it's, unless it's one of those, I, either way, if, if you're at the 10 and it goes over your head, probably let it go on a punt, but a kickoff, there's no reason why you should not have your feet on the goal line, especially when you're playing against a guy who's had what five touchbacks earlier in the game there's no reason why that sh one should not have been fielded, especially because earlier in the game, there's one that went one yard deep and it, well, did and the a, same thing. AJ Harris. I think there was one that like hit on like the five and kind of skirted into the end zone. And I saw Jalen go up to Harris and be like, Hey, like field that. I don't know what he said to him, but I, I can imagine the, the, the conversation was, Hey, you got to field those. Mm -hmm. And then Noel had, you know, same thing after a bounce on the goal line. It's like, I, I don't know. Don't be a cool guy. Just, just field it. Field just field it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair catch, field it or, you know, yeah. And I think one of the things that when you just generally like the theme of the game that Iowa State was like 85% of the way to winning that game. But the 15% where they weren't were in places where Iowa was good in that uh, I'm on channel five. I get to do a every Saturday. I get to do a little like a whiteboard breakdown. It's not it's like an actual film breakdown. They have a touchscreen TV. I get to like point do a visual thing for like five or seven. It's nice. It's real nice. So this, this week I'm going to do that with, there was a third and one. It was the second drive that Iowa state had is after their first there, after their long drive, they get the ball back. There was a, I, I forget how they got there, but it was a, uh, I think a good first down run. And then it was second and one, they get a ball batted down. It's third and one. If they convert that, they capitalize and continue the momentum that they had gotten from the first drive and momentum. I think if you talk to some people, momentum is a farce. You get a certain amount of luck and a certain amount of not, but confidence is a real thing. And especially when you have a young team and a young quarterback, they have a freshman quarterback with a red shirt, freshman running back with a true freshman running back. And you have a freshman tight end standing next to a sophomore tight end standing next to Easton Dean, who's a senior. Uh, you have a tra in first time transfer 
wide receiver or, or is a he's he's at a first, first period guy, program but higgins as at wide receiver and you've got Jalen Knoll, who's i think a sophomore junior but junior. like so you've got some experience but not much but you have a quarterback and two running backs in the backfield that are all freshmen and so if you can build some confidence that like the boogeyman of the iowa defense is not that big of a deal because move the ball last time we're gonna move the ball this time it changes the dynamic of the confidence of that roster and the tight ends get absolutely blown up on third and one the tight ends got absolutely smoked and they didn't bring the physicality that was necessary to convert it and then the other side of it was that cooper gene is a dude like he is he was the best player in the field on either team on either side of the ball cooper gene was the best player on the field he showed ways in all-american yeah and so you have that guy and they played into the situation into what he was doing and so tight ends get punked tyler miller misses a block cooper gene plays in and Norton has to like skirt away. Well, if you're just a little bit more physical there, if you're 85% physical against Iowa, you're going to get a helmet to your sternum. You're going to get pushed back. If you're 100% physical, then you can actually match them. They don't do anything crazy. Like that's the thing when you're playing Iowa, you know what they're going to do. You know exactly the front they're going to run and pretty sure on when, when Iowa state's defense is watching their offense, you know what they're going to run too. So it's not a question of what's going to happen. It's just a matter of executing better than they did. And like Iowa state was 85% of the way to doing that. It's just the mistakes that they made led into Iowa's hands and it just, they were just short. Yeah. You know, people are asking, you know, is the NFL scripted? And I don't know, you know, I'm just kidding. It's not <laughs> one thing I can tell you though, is that Iowa football, you know what you're going to get. It is scripted. And for whatever reason, I feel like we play differently against Iowa. It's almost like we're trying to out Iowa. Well, you know, Iowa State's trying to out Iowa, Iowa's brand of football. Well, and that, just thinking and dunking and just, you know, getting three, four yards. That's a, okay. So that's actually a pretty good point. So with, with the way that Iowa state wants to play, uh, especially on the way of just roster composition and you talk about square peg, square hole. I mean, that's, uh, that's a phrase that I've used a lot, which, uh, is what can our guys do and let's enable them to do that. And let's not try and make them do something that they can't do. So if you were to try and have, uh, JJ Cole, at six seven and kind of doesn't move sideways all that well but can run forward if you try and make him run the triple option not exactly great like that's a square peg round hole but if you let him him or Rocco for this example to actually be true if you let Rocco be kind of a uh he's got a a decent accurate arm down the field but doesn't really want to throw it down he's not going to take a crow hop into it but he's going to be efficient he's going to be accurate more or less good decision making get the ball out you've got a zillion tight ends that are all good pass catchers and you've got a, really two running backs that have shown that they're going to be kind of the cream of the crop where it's going to be Norton and Sama. They're going to be the two guys they want to run. Sama plays sort of Brees ish where he can run both between and outside the tackles and Norton wants to play downhill hard. You've got two receivers, maybe a few Daniel Jackson had a couple flashes, but Higgins played really well, but this whole offense is meant to run physical. I'm going to have six tight ends that are going to all rotate. They're going to play with a, a tight end and a fullback and maybe two tight ends and a fullback and they're going to run in the between the tackles they're going to try and take these little angles and get your big body tight end on a smaller safety hit it to his outside shoulder they're going to play this slower offense and they're going to play this more physical offense because the teams that you're generally playing in the conference that is foreign to them that's what iowa plays every week and so from a matchups perspective you know the in basketball basketball is all about matchups where if you had if you're two you have two seven footers that are playing in the middle great advantage problem is what if you're what if you're playing a team that has four three-point shooters that are all 42 percent from three 
Well, that big ass dude, one of those big ass guys has to go out and cover. And so your advantage against some person is a disadvantage against them. Same thing with Iowa State. In this game against Iowa, their physicality and size is a disadvantage because they're playing against a team that plays that all the time and has been for forever. So I think that's a thing that Iowa State and, and like the Campbell staff has done historically pretty poorly. Like the one and six, one and seven now and against six, Iowa. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think the large, the biggest reason why is because their style plays very similar to Iowa's style and Iowa just does Iowa's style a little better, but you get into the big 12 and you're able to do that against Texas and beat Texas and you can out physical Texas because that's not a thing they see all the time. So I think that's, it's one of those things that's just a, it's a usually a bad matchup for Iowa state under Campbell, at least so far. Yeah. And, and I mean, Kansas state plays a similar, a similar style too. And they've, you know, they've won the big 12 for the last two years and it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's frustrating because, you know, in 2017 or 2019, I can't remember which, which year it was, we, we had some hurry up offense and we, I think it was 17 where we were up like two or three scores. And I was like, this is gonna be a blow. Was that the lightning game, Aiden? It, it was it was, was it a twenty seventeen or eighteen. Hakeem Butler had that was twenty seventeen. Yeah, like Hakeem, Hakeem was Lightning twenty nineteen. Okay, but it was the game when they when it was Nate Stanley was the opposing quarterback and Iowa State had this. It was like forty two points or something like thirty eight. It was forty four forty one. Yeah, forty four forty one. And they just had a ton of points. They were yeah. able to move the ball up and down the field. But we we had we had a lead in that game. I think it was like 10 points with four minutes left or something yeah, crazy but like that. They were able to do that. They were able to move the ball and score because they were playing an offense that fit the personnel. Like you're playing an offense. You had a big wide receiver, Hakeem Butler. You had other wide receivers. I don't know if it was LaMichael Petway or, or, uh, Oh, number 23 Eaton. Eaton, Matt, yeah, Matt like Eaton. you have got those guys, your big wide receivers. That's the focus of your offense. You're trying to get the ball out to them. And you got David Montgomery who can run through a tree. And so you don't need to bring a lot of trash in to run with David Montgomery. So like that style offense works against Iowa. This style offense, which works in the big 12 generally doesn't really work against Iowa. And I just think, I mean, I'm going to beat this drum until the end of time. If we, if, if Iowa state runs, hurry up offense or speeds it up, we've had success. Iowa state's had success against Iowa in the past when Iowa state's gone, you know, hurry up and, has sped up the game, whereas they s slow it down and try to play Iowa's ball. Yeah, it generally doesn't work. I think the the difficulty in doing that is is because it's not a super practiced thing yeah. that you start speeding up. So, I mean, I could be wrong, but like this is the, the counter argument to that is, yes, you'd want to see the ball. You'd want to see Iowa State go faster. You also have a kid who has this is his first power five matchup, his first power five experience that he's gotten which is the second time in a row that you're bringing, you're breaking in a new quarterback against Iowa. Last year it was Deckers. This year it was, it's Rocco Becht. And you've got two guys that are young. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They're trying to get their first snaps. They're trying to see everything the right way. And again, on paper, a lot of this stuff makes sense on paper, but it doesn't really make sense in person. And yeah. then you start going faster. And like yesterday, there was a couple times in that last drive when everyone was really irritated and Aiden did a really good job with Bruns about talking about what that pace is. And I, I agree with Bruns on that. Like the pace of that last drive of it not being hurry up, totally fine with it. Because you need a small diatribe here is you need to score anyway. You must get a touchdown. If you hurry it up, fast and wrong is still wrong. 
So if you need to be in the right play, in the right formation, the right setup, the right read, the right confidence, the right everything, and the pace is better for Rocco to go a little bit slower, do that. Don't put him in a situation where he's uncomfortable because if you throw a pick, if you get stopped on fourth down, whole thing doesn't matter anyway. And so fast and wrong is still wrong. So if you don't get a touchdown there, game is over. So him scoring a touchdown or or driving to score a touchdown, at some point you're going to go hurry up because you have to have a certain amount of time for your defense to get a stop. So there was going to reach a point where they would have to actually try and hurry it up. Second thing, we've seen Campbell in years past play to the, his defense strongly. Yeah. Like the Aiden and I were talking about before we recorded the fire and brimstone that immediately happened. It was in Texas two or three years ago. Yeah. Texas 2020 when they punted from like the 45 with three minutes to go. And no, it, was, it was like fourth. It was like fourth and one. And they punted from the 45 and they, were, they had, a, I think they had a lead and they were trying to just lock the game down or they were just, tr- they had whatever they're, they're trying to hold the game in the position and fire and brimstone. Well, they do. They got a three and out, got the ball back. And so you're playing to your defense, knowing that if we're going to win the game, the side of the ball that's probably going to win the game is going to be that one. And so let's put our defense back on the field to give a situation to get us get us the ball back. And let's make sure that our the weaker side of the ball, our offense has enough time and confidence that they can actually get it because you can hail Mary with three seconds left. If you get the ball with zero second, one second left on the clock. You can hail Mary, fumble Ruski, do whatever kind of crazy stuff that you want to do. You can't do that on the defensive side of the ball. So, like, you're going you're gonna to have to get a stop at some point. You're going to trust that your defense will get a stop. And the possession prior, you need that touchdown, so don't rush it and get into a wrong situation. All that being said, if they are able to, with more experience, say, next year, and let's say Rocco is able to play next year. 10-win season next year. That's I, I like it. Uh, a lot of talent. A lot of talent. But let's say he is more comfortable. He's able to make better, faster reads. And you get more of the, uh, you know, Brock Purdy circa 2019 style offense to it. You able, you're able to play Brommer more in space. You get Higgins or Noel, and they're going to be more of a, a true one receiver. You get Nagoyi and Kai Black and those younger wide receivers, and they start becoming whatever, and, and Sama wants to run in space more. And, like, maybe you transition the offense to do that. But, like, this year's offense, I don't think, at least yet, wants to do that. Yeah, and, you know, Campbell had said stuff after the, after the game about how, you know, it was a good test. And, you know, I think that rubbed, rubbed some people the wrong way. But it's it's true. I mean, that's that's going to be one of the best defenses that Iowa State plays all year. And it, it it's it's good to – obviously, you want to win the game. But it's good to get those type of, um, you know, tough, grinded-out type of games in early on to battle test these young guys – um, because we, we had, we had the chance. I mean, Iowa state scored with what, four minutes or so left. Iowa went, I don't know how many plays. Iowa state got the ball back with, you know, two minutes, minute and a half left. Mm-hmm. And it was there. I mean, Iowa state was marching, doing the, doing what we needed to do. I talked about this before the game, b- before we started recording that we were running the read options all game. I don't think Rocco kept it once. Yep. And on that fourth and one. It was wide open. It was. Yeah. Um, And again, that is one of those things that I'm sure on paper or or in the meetings, you go, hey, let your running back make the play. Which makes sense. I mean, Norton's a a big, strong, run-through-your-face runner. You you, got to trust your linemen to to do their thing and trust Norton to get you three three feet. But the whole point of his own read is you're not going to block a guy on purpose. 
And sometimes you don't block two. You whoever the end player is, and sometimes they bring an extra end player, a la the last play of the game. And whoever the last player on the line of scrimmage is, you read that guy. And if that guy collapses down, quarterback's gotta keep it. If he doesn't, or if that guy collapses down and the running and you give it to the running back, it doesn't matter. You could have Barry Sanders there. And one out of ten plays he might break the t- that tackle. But nine out of 10 times, the best running back in America or in for my money in the history of football is going to get tackled for a loss because there's a guy hitting a guy from the back that you can't do anything against. And so that read the read option, if you're going to run it, the quarterback must become a threat. Absolutely must, 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 must become a threat. And if they don't, then get to a different play call where you are not leaving an unblocked defender. Because that the block air quotes for that guy is the quarterback. That's the reason why zone read is so effective most of the time is because the quarterback pulling the ball and making the defensive end like think about it and like hang on a little bit respect, is respect you. Right. That is the equivalent of blocking because it's holding a guy and letting the running back run away from him. If you are not doing that and the r- defensive end or in this case, the defensive end and a linebacker, if they're just sky into the running back and not even thinking about you, then that's a missed, that's the equivalent of a missed block. Like that is an MA. And when you just need one yard, the little bit of hesitation to get them to pause, to, to look at the quarterback and think, oh, is he keeping it? That's enough. Would be enough to get you one yard. Right. And, and they, unfortunately, Iowa didn't respect Rocco enough to think, oh, you might keep it here. No, mm-hmm. they, you know, they thought right away. Yeah. So that's that one of those things that you either got to communicate that if it's there, you must take it. And I, and I would imagine, hey, Aiden, a uh, little research here. How many teams were undefeated last year? One, the Georgia Bulldogs. So everybody's going to suffer a loss at some point. And like, it sucks, freaking sucks to lose to Iowa. But if you're losing in a way that makes you better over time, then it's not the worst thing on earth. And you have to be able to forget it, move on, learn from the lessons and get going. But if you linger on it, then that's bad. And like fans, like I, there's a reason I don't have Twitter on my phone. Because I would imagine that is just an absolute just cesspool diarrhea of fury and hurt feelings and burn your jerseys, get rid of the program. It's 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 game two. Yeah, it's game two with a young team. You know, Campbell's comments were about a lesson: developing a young team, developing a young team. And it's you know you, this this is not a throwaway season. This is a rebuilding season. That I still think we get to a bowl game. I think we'll surprise some people. Because we are young and inexperienced, but we're talented. Yeah, extremely talented, especially on the defensive side. Uh, but going into next week, so we're going to preview this a little bit. Now, time out. I want to talk about one more thing. Okay. Um, is Tyler Perkins on track to be an All American? He might be. Honest question. He so Tori Taylor dubbed America's the the world's favorite punter or Ooh, whatever. To be fair, damn good punter. Damn good punter. He had six punts for an average of. 46.3 yards. Guess how many he had inside and a the shank. 20? And, and a shank. shank. And a shank. Guess how many he had inside the 20? Uh, Less than two. Two less than that. Yes, he had oh, zero. Zero. Okay. Got so it. Two Perkins, minus two. Got it. Todd Perkins also had six punts, average of 51.8, which is more than 46.3. Each hit. And he had, unfortunately, two touchbacks. But <laughs> one of them was one of them was comical. <laughs> it almost hit the goalpost. Yeah. <laughs> Crushed. And then, but he had three inside the 20. Well done. Well, so half of his punts were inside the 20, averaging almost 52 yards a punt. He, I'm not trying to jinx him. He's on track to, to be uh, an All-American right now. Or at least All-Conference. Minimally For sure. All-Conference. For sure. he, he, he has been, him, I mean, our special teams has been 
great so far. Contreras has, when he has done his thing, when, when all circumstances have gone how they should, he's been great. Perkins, especially that, great. Like that 44 yarder at the end of the game with Contreras. I mean, you could have, the, the goalpost could have been three feet wide and still would have made that shot. The, and the thing I love about Contreras too, is that some kickers, you know, you may see, you know, especially guys who don't have a ton of experience, you may see what's called an X ball, which means their, their foot wraps around and you kind of get the, you know, the, the ball is in shape of an X. It's not end over end. It goes kind of floppy sideways and turns and floppy another sideways. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't look clean. All of his kicks have been clean aside from the one who got blocked. They've all been clean end over end and they've been, you know, slow rotating, not like a, if it's like a fast spinner, you're, you're hitting way under the ball or if it's like a slow rotating, you're hitting right at the sweet spot and you're not wrapping your foot. You're keeping it locked out. Just pounded. He's, Each one of these he's pounded. He's been, he's been having a good season. He's been consistent. So I'm, I've been impressed so far with, with Contreras and, and Perkins has been, dude's been money. We are, uh, I like, I, special teams has been substantially better, substantially better. Uh, but we're going to move on at least a little bit. Talk about Ohio. Uh, before we actually get to the guest, what are the things about this game? Uh, I think three and a half points right now as of, at the time we're recording this at Iowa state's favorite. I think it was two and a half. It was two, it, it, it was two and a half. Opened and it, two. it opened it two up to it's up to three and a half now. And, uh, I, I don't, I mean, I, I respect that there are, I mean, okay. I don't want to be message board fodder here. Um, we beat them 43 to 10 last year. Yes. It was at Ames, but it's the same quarterback. We have a little bit of a different, different team. Uh, and at the same time, Matt Campbell in the past it has played three MAC teams. Average score of those games is thirty-seven to thirteen against three MAC, MAC schools. Now, the other thing about this is he Matt Campbell comes from the MAC, so he understands the talent level and the focus and the shot you're going to get from the MAC. You are not going to get an Iowa State team overlooking this game because one, they just came off a loss, and two, they have a MAC coach as their coach. That two and a half point line or three and a half point line feels very low. Not to say that you, Ohio allowed five rushing yards last week against five? FAU. Five rushing yards last week. And they got their starting quarterback back and they beat uh, Tom Herman's fighting owls. Hoo-hoo. So it's a good team. It's a good win. And I think the reason is there's sort of a little recency bias here in that Iowa State lost and their offense, quote, looked bad. And Ohio's defense looked good, quote, and they, you know, it's at home. And like, I think that's the reason why this line is the way it is. Uh, but I have confidence that the, ex- the defensive execution will limit Ohio substantially from what their expectations are. And then Iowa State's offense is going to be bigger and more physical because they have gotten big. They've gotten more physical over time. Week one to week two has missed a little bit. They're going to get more lessons to learn and get continue to get more physical. I think the running game will click a little bit more, but we're going to learn a little bit about Ohio in the next little bit. The, uh, the interview brought by brought to you by Goldfinch athletics is whom we've got none other than the Bo Blankenship who, if Iowa state fans recall was a member of the 2009, uh, recruiting class for Iowa state. He was at Iowa state for two years transferred to Ohio where he had a really great career. Um, he's currently the independence bowl rushing touchdown record holder. He was all Mac while he was at Ohio. He ran a four, four 40 at the, uh, at, at Ohio at and, probably, and probably took 647 steps <laughs> in those 40 yards as <laughs> the, the quickest little gate. Yeah. And, and he had, you know, he, he bopped around a little bit, a little bit in the NFL. Um, had a cup of coffee. Yeah. Had a cup of coffee in the league. 
just just salt of the earth dude so i'm, I'm super happy he's able to join us Chicken! now welcome to the show bo blankenship bo how you doing hey hey, hey i'm good thanks for having me we're glad you're here man it's the sweet stylings of that oklahoma accent <laughs> oklahoma living in destin well sweet bo well we uh we brought you on because obviously you you were with us for a little bit at iowa state and then went to ohio and had a had a great career at ohio had a cup of coffee in the nfl and now you're down there just living life in florida doing your thing yeah, so man, man. let's talk some bobcats let's do it so what can you um <clears throat> i guess just off the bat what can you tell our uh, our listeners about this ohio team um i think they're pretty solid curtis Rourke's solid man he's a really good player he got hurt at the end of last year that's your quarterback right mm-hmm. but he's very very good um his brother just signed all the jag um i mean he's a good player like i think he'll get drafted in, and i think he'll have a good career he's huge got a great arm um the running back uh, they've got two that are very good um they're power five guys that went there um he was i think he was for a thousand yards as a true freshman uh banger is his name very good i don't know much about the line but that's going to be i think the the crucial part of the game is the line d line because, I mean, I mean, the running backs to run and cute are the, the receivers, the linebackers, safeties. Everyone's going to be fast and big, but it's going to come down to how does the line hold up. So one question that I, that I think I'm curious about, because I only played at one spot, what is the difference? Because having played at Iowa State mm. and then having played at Ohio, like what's the difference on whether it's roster or speed or like what's the difference between playing at a, quote, power five level and yeah, yeah. playing at Ohio. Like, what is the difference in that, uh, like, inside the locker room or, or whatever? Like, what is the difference yeah, between yeah. those two? To be honest, it's very, very little. little. Like, like, so, so I, went I went straight, straight from there. there. We did two camps, camps did spring ball, you know, winter workouts, workouts, and then went, went to Ohio. And it's, it's not, not much, much difference. difference. Like, like, people are fast, fast people are strong, strong, people are big. I mean, it's, it's the same, same, same thing in the NFL. NFL. Like, like, it's the same thing. Linebackers are going to run 4-5. You know, and when receivers are four four, the biggest difference is the D ends and the D line. Like, like you've got those dogs that that when you get that six six D and run a four 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 four, it's like, like you know that's a different animal. So I would say that's the biggest difference in the line. Is there the line? Is there any like when you guys are playing? You know, because I'm thinking like when when we'd play Texas or we play Oklahoma yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's one of these. You know, F you, I want to show you that, like, yeah. you know, we were here. And yeah. so there's like the little bit of extra sauce in that game. Is that the same when a, a Mac school is playing up into the, again, a quote, power five? Is there a little bit of extra juice in that game just to, because whether it's recruiting, getting passed over or whatever, does that exist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say, say there's a, 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 a chip, chip on the, the shoulder from these guys. These guys, like, like they, they were. I was a bunch of Big Ten kids that, you know, either chose to go here or didn't get offered or or chose um, Ohio, Toledo, Northern Illinois over Indiana, Minnesota, or whatever. So there is a, definitely a chip on their shoulder. Um, but, yeah, there's, a, there's definitely some juice. There's going to be some excitement. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a big game, yeah. So you had mentioned before we jumped on here that you're pretty close with the current head coach. Um, yep. and, and we played Ohio. I would say played Ohio last year. Mm-hmm. 
um, in Ames, um, and we fared pretty well. But we've got a, yep, yep. you know, Iowa State's got a completely different offensive roster, really, um, this year. Mm-hmm. What kind of style, if, if you know, if the fans want to go back and, and rewatch the game, what kind of style would you say that the, you know, that, that Ohio runs on? We'll, we'll start on offense, and we can we can go to defense as well too, if, if you're familiar with that. Yeah. So offense, they it's going to be a spread, but can run it down your throat too. Um, so the, the head coach was the offensive coordinator while I was there for a long time and, and RB coach. So, I mean, his offense will give you options to get inside, get outside and go deep. Um, so it's a pretty balanced, but it's open. Um, so he'll, he'll be able to pick his targets. Um, but again, I think the key is going to come down to the line. If the line can't block, it's going to be tough. Um, and, and defensive wise, if the D line can't penetrate, it's going to be tough. So, I mean, that's literally what it's going to be. And that's the difference really between, you know, Big 12 and Power Five or Group of Five or whatever. It's that right there. So, yeah. And I would say that, you know, Iowa State's defensive line is, is young and um, a little unproven. But we've actually, I mean, Iowa State's lines looked pretty good so far. Um, how is Ohio's offensive line? Are they, are they seasoned? Are they, are they young? I don't, I don't know, know, but from what I watched against, um, they played FAU they played last, last week, week, which is Herman. The Herman Bowl. Yeah. yeah dude. dude, can you, which, by the way, uh, to interrupt that question, have you met anyone that's more proficient with the F word than Tom Herman? Bro. You watched Herman. It's so tough for me. <laughs> I mean, it's just brutal. But no, he is very good at using it. Um, so I almost went down to it. Just to check it all out, but because uh, how far they, away from how far from FAU are you? Because I don't even know where six, FAU is. Is it like uh, Boca Raton? Okay, so that's like between Miami and like just north it's of Miami. Kind of, it's kind of by West Palm Beach. Okay, yeah, Palm Beach area. So, Roosevelt uh, Majits on on there. Uh, yeah, Rosie's the Rosie on the staff. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, Herm got got Rosie. I think he's a he's a quality control coach. Like one of those. No, like a, I think a coach, I think a defensive. Coach. I think it's a defensive line coach. Awesome. I, want, I want to say he's like their DN coach, like a le, not like a quality control, not a legit coach, but Come I think on, he's man. a legit coach. Ro, uh, Rosie's, I remember Roosevelt, like he was one of, uh, I describe sometimes the Florida educational survivors and Florida educational system victims because like they're not, it's not dumb, but like, Florida educational system ain't great. So I remember Rosie, Rosie is in, uh, I'm in like the training room and I don't know if I'm getting my ankles taped or something like that. And Rosie's like, hey, uh, hey, Cobes, my hands growing tight. And I'm like, <laughs> Ham, ham, ham string? Spell that. Like H-A-M-S-K-R-I-N-G. And everybody in the room is looking like, what? What's what this guy talking about? What? Ham, uh, ham string? Man. Really? Yeah, he's defensive. Uh, yeah, great, super dude. sharp dude. Just never got taught anything. No, him, and, him and Hamlin. Um, so so against, against FAU, FAU, it didn't look like they blocked like super great, great from what from I could what tell. I tell. Um, they lost to San Diego State, State but Roark was out. They should have murdered them. They got like within the 15 yard line like four times and couldn't do anything. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Just keep an eye out for number 95, Dominic Orange. We call him the big citrus. Yeah, he's that 6'6, so. <laughs> 335, 340. Had the cut okay, to get okay. to 340. Now, is it, what is he? So they play Iowa State plays that three three five kind of a dime stack. It's sort okay, it's okay. uh so they play a zero nose 
and then they play like two four eyes depending on where the formation is and one of those four eyes is a, is a guy named tyler on who they he's that's Number more 11. or less their three technique and they'll usually keep him inside the tackle and then by formation they'll pop the other guy out who uh last year i would say that the first first round draft pick in iowa state history since 1970 whatever uh okay. will mcdonald so he but will mcdonald they, they always have a speed rusher guy and so that player will sometimes adjust out to be a seven or a nine uh they usually go zero nose four eye on one side which is just inside the tackle for the listener who doesn't remember d-line techniques and then other defensive lines out there so orange plays the zero nose all the time and so far his main objective has been punk the center and he has done that successfully yeah, to this point he's a big yeah, he's yeah. a big strong dude and he, he yeah, yeah. did that well versus you and i and iowa's offensive line is a little bit better but yeah he's uh that could definitely be a definitely be a problem but so if now, the o-line and d-line can hang in there i think it'll be a good game but. yeah nice so now um as you know this podcast is called kicking it so time out yep, yep. All right, Bo. So we are obviously on a podcast called Kicking It, which, you know, I'm a kicker. Jeff cut his yep. teeth on the special team. So let's dive into the meat and potatoes, baby. How are Ohio special teams? How's your kicker? How's your punter? If you know anything about Bro. the long snapper? Holder? Bro, I Ooh. don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it looks like they're good, though. Okay. But I really don't have much info on the kicking game. But they haven't missed anything from what I can tell. Okay, and, that's uh, good. But from the, uh, I know from Alvin, the head coach, super special teams is super important to him. So I imagine they'll be dialed. Um, I know some of the returners are, are good. Um, as far as the punter, we lost our kicker last year, who was very good. That mm-hmm. went to uh, Wisconsin. He's now kicking for Wisconsin. So oh, um, he's a freshman All American. Come on, I don't think he got. I, I don't think he got the. Um, where are the deals now? The NIL deal. NIL. And, uh, yeah. and I, he didn't get the deal he wanted or whatever. You didn't get any like, NIL deals in Athens? I've done a few, but I didn't do that one. Uh, yeah. I've done I've done two, but did not do that one. But um, So, yeah, but I don't know anything else about that, just being real. Now, I should have looked at it. You had mentioned your returners, though. So, Iowa State was big on last year just fair catching everything. This year, Iowa State's been a little bit better at returning punts and kickoffs if they're not in the end zone. What, what's Ohio been like? Are they – are they trying to are they trying to set up returns like on punts and kicks? Yeah. Are they are they yeah. pretty pretty conservative? Yeah. No, it looks like they're trying to set it up. I'm I've seen them fair catch a few, but if it's there, I think they're, they're taking it for sure. Okay, because our our punter, I, we talked about this earlier in the show. Our our punter, I mean this wholeheartedly, is on track to be to be an All American this year, at least All Conference. He's he's averaging wow. 54, 53? He's averaging fi- over fifty. Yeah, a punt. He, wow. he's, yeah, he's he's having a through the first two games, having hell That's of a season awesome. so far. So a little peek behind the Iowa State curtain. It's the first time. Uh, last year, Iowa State, I believe, had three punts blocked, mm-hmm. uh, a field goal blocked, a kick return or a punt return returned for a touchdown, uh, and mishandled several kicks and punts. So they, uh, in Iowa State fan land, it was torches and pitchforks, and they finally hired a special teams coordinator. Lo and behold, it actually worked. Uh, there you go. But, okay, speaking about coaches... How does it feel knowing that you have you are old enough to have played for a coach who has a field named after him? That's a good question. I'm a Frank's kind of like a legend, so you know. Uh, that's so, what cool. was so much like? I mean, everything you can probably imagine. I mean, just kind of old school. Um, 
I mean, he's great. He's great to play with. You know, he's been around so many people. You remember like Eric Krause when we were growing up and like all those guys. Like, um, he was great to be around. He still, I think, goes to like almost every game. Um, What's his own stadium? Is, is yeah, it Frank Solich Field or is it Frank Solich Stadium? I think it's Frank Solich Field. They call yeah. him Frank. So, the I don't Frank, know. But that, that happened like, uh, I don't know, two years ago. But um, that's cool, man. He's great. Um, but Albin's been with him since Nebraska. So, um, that his staff has all followed him. Burrow was with him till last, or I guess two years ago. Papa Burrow? Um, and Papa Burrow was Ames there. Native. the coordinator. Is he? Oh, that's right. He coached at Iowa State, too. Yeah, and uh, yep. Joe Burrow was born in Ames. Could have been an Iowa right. Stater. I probably wasn't going to be, could've but could have been. Could have been. But, yeah, so I mean, they've all followed him, and so they've all kind of had the same kind of coaching style. Obviously, the offense has changed since he's been there, but um, he was great to play for, man. Great to play for. Is there – so, okay, so – Iowa State's playing at Ohio. Yeah. There are going to be several Iowa State fans that go out there. Mm-hmm. Top three restaurants to go to before the game. Oh, if man. they're still there. If they're still this, because I don't know when the last time you were in Athens was. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, still, top three restaurants to go to. I would say restaurants and if there's any kind of, you know, if people get out there a day or two early, any kind of like sightseeing stuff that they could, you'd recommend. No, don't, or... don't, don't let them off the hook. Don't, okay. don't increase it. Restaurants. Just restaurants, Bo. I'll do restaurants, but I may throw in some sightseeing. Okay. Um, so Athens, you know, it's just like kind of in the middle of nowhere, like in the middle of nowhere, um, the scenery is amazing. You know, it's like an hour Southeast of Columbus. Like it's just, the town is the university, you know? Um, so that is what it is, but like restaurant wise, I'm a pizza guy. Um, DP dough is amazing. Pizza wise. Um, uh, try to think what else? There's the uh, hot dog place on the corner. What is it called? <laughs> Let me look it up. I'll look it up. And then Ohio Inn has some great food. It's the hotel right there by the by the um, stadium. It's awesome. Um, as far as like scenery, like the Hawking River there is amazing. Um, and really just going down the the main strip uh, and just kind of experiencing it. It's like super cool. Is it um, like small town college vibes? Or small town college shop vibes, next to a dude. shop next to a shop next to a restaurant, dude. That's exactly what it is. Um, that's all. That's that's what it is, and um, it's awesome though. It's super cool. Like you guys, I know you're not going, but like it's a it's a cool experience. Um, I haven't been back since I left, but um, it's a cool town, dude. Yeah, you're. So. Yeah, I think you're. Yeah, you're. You're. You're living in Destin. I think you're probably. Or just yeah, no, outside of Destin. Yeah. I think you're probably yeah. good. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to go That's back cool. to Athens. It's not super easy to get to because you. If you're not, you know, if you're, you're flying into Columbus and driving in. So. It's, it sounds like it's maybe, on a smaller scale, kind of like Ames, because I mean Ames is very much so. Yeah, very Ames is so. you know outside of the university, you've got Ames High, yep. but its population drops. You know, significantly. Dude, it's very similar. Um, to that i mean a little bit smaller but very very similar similar feel what are this what is the stadium like like frank what's the frank like because um, capacity wise energy wise kind of set up is it turf field uh, yes yep um so it is it's a cool stadium it's the one of the oldest stadiums around i think definitely in the mac um it's got a great feel to it. it's right on the hawking river you got scoreboard in one end zone and the other end zones the um, athletic training center with academics. So it's brand new. Um, then you've got the bowl around it. Um, 
and so, and then you got the press box on the uh, I don't know what that would be I guess the south side. Um, it's I mean it's a great it's a great environment. Um, all the fans are great. Um, you know tailgating outside right outside in the parking lot and then down the street there's another one. Um, but it's a I mean it's a great experience dude. and I love the um, I love the Frank. It's awesome. Does does Frank have a a statue outside the Frank, or is it just the stadium? Which I mean, I say just. I, I don't crazy. think is there's a just statue a stadium yeah. yet. I don't think there's a statue yet. Is there a Phil Bates statue? That's a good question. There's not. There's <laughs> damn. There's not. So there's not. Also, Iowa State, Ohio. He is. Yeah. 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 Nice little career at Ohio too, didn't he? Yeah, he ended up. He did the quarterback thing for just a little, little bit. bit. And he was playing the league for a few years, yeah. um, but he went to receiver, but physically gifted, just freak, dude, mm-hmm. just freak. Because he was there yeah. before you were there, right, Grant? Um, I played one year with him. He left as I was coming in, yeah, or as we were coming in, Jeff. Mm-hmm. He left right then, and then um, he went up there, sat out a year, and played. He, he left because but, Arnod was he, he wasn't playing over quarterback, Arnod. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And the same thing happened in Ohio. Um, quarterback, and he moved receiver, and then I mean, just physically yeah, free. Which, which is odd because his his freshman year when Iowa State played Iowa, he had a huge catch at receiver to to win it for for Iowa State. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, he was a great athlete, but at some point, you know, unless you're Lamar Jackson, I mean, to be fair, Bo, did, did anyone tell you when you were in recruiting? Did they tell you to try and get to switch positions, or were you always going to be a tailback? Um, it was. Not really, because I'm, I mean, I'm 5'8", you know, 5'9", so, like, I didn't play any defense in high school, so not really. Um, if you think they said fullback, I'd be like, no, screw you Because <laughs> you're uh, white. Because <laughs> I'm white. Come well, on. honestly, I mean, honestly, back then, it was, I think it's better now, but being white back then hey, was tough. Preaching the I mean, choir, it man. really was. I got, well, I know, in, but. In every recruiting visit, every single recruiting visit, uh, yeah. I was, uh. Hey, we think we'd, uh, you think you'd be a good fit, uh, for the university and we want you to play linebacker. And he's like, linebacker yeah. guys, yeah, I've yeah, never same. played. I've never, <laughs> 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 5'10", 145 pound linebacker That's funny. <laughs> playing in the big 10. Hey, speed, That's a lot of leverage. That's, hilarious. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I can mm. get it though. Like if Bates wanted to play quarterback, if I wanted to play, t- that's the reason why I went to Iowa state is because, uh, every other place that they were either, cause I only got scholarship offers to like D2 places mm-hmm. I had to walk on, but it's basically saying like, all right, Rhodes was like, yeah, you can play running back. Cool. I'm we're not paying for it. Come on. Like, all right. mm. I get it. I, I had a few places that want me to want me to punt because I did both in, in high school, kicker and punter. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, I can punt, the, but Nebraska is going to have you play quarterback. N- Nebraska wanted What's me that? at cornerback actually. Corner. I can Corn, see that. Yeah. Corner. Like, that. You're, like, yeah, you're back. That's really nice. So, <laughs> Hey, what's guy up to? He just he's living in Des Moines. He's got uh got a kid. He's got another one on the way. Actually not Des Moines, but I mean a suburb of Des Moines. Des Moines enough. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. He uh I'm I'm sure I'll I hope I get a text from him after this because I got I got a text from him after our first one. He's like, Hey man, thanks for the shout out because I told him in our first podcast we had talked about how the slapdick kickers, like when everyone else was actually practicing, we'd be in the indoor right. playing golf. Like we we would have our not actual golf, but like with a football we would punt yeah. from one goal line to the next and we, we, we would try to who can, whoever can get in the O of Iowa or the, the O of Cyclones on, on both end zones, you know, then Real special golf. teams, dude. Yeah. Dude, I, it, right. <laughs> Meanwhile, dude, I will never we're doing forget, inside. 
Yeah, which is terrible. I will never forget um, Rhodes yelling. I forget if it was you or Guyer, like in fall ball. Yeah, he first... hopped on his back. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, I just remember like hearing him yell just some stuff. I will not – and it was just like, I was like, I want to go home. Like it was so <laughs> bad. Yeah. yeah he, tough, he, uh, at, at one point um, – I know we're kind of getting a tangent. This is, I think, this is yeah. Fun. Sorry, sorry. No, no that's, tangents are good. Yeah. So, so at one point, this behind this behind the curtain, um, we, we were doing tackling drills, and we had like um, like Jarvis West and like Darius Reynolds. Darius, like guys are like way too fast. Leonard Johnson. Mm-hmm. We had them like yeah. you know fake catching, and then like it was one on one, like not like stay between the cones. Just you have the entire field yourself. A very realistic sit, you know, scenario. And you know, Rhodes is like, okay, you know, break down and, and tackle him. And I'm like, dude, if if I am one on one with with a, a specialist, I'm it's gonna like try to you know try to lay lay my body as as horizontally as I could. <laughs> I'm not gonna have good form. I'm going for his legs. But I remember at one point, Guy was so like standing up straight, and it was just you know whoever it was would give him just just one juke and he's gone. <laughs> and so Coach Rhodes hopped on his back and he's like bend at your knees. And, <laughs> and I, th- I think I think Guy like fell like fell to the ground because he wasn't expecting a coach to hop on his back but we were all like oh my what are we doing here dude so. no i mean someone missed a field goal and he's like shouldn't be on scholarship or something oh no that was that was blyle no okay so i remember it it was no there it, was, it there was, was one with blyle but i don't know if that was later it was it was ah. um bullware it was bullware who got no, we weren't there with, there with we uh, weren't there with bullware oh, we left right when i got there yeah damn so get, that's who that, recruited me that's who recruited me it's like Rhodes, and then was all like i didn't know any of them Zach got yeah. it from both coaching staff because before you were you know, there, got from Ro- it was Rhodes yelling. Well, yeah. with Bullware before before you guys got there, Zach had missed a kick, and I remember Bullware was like, "You're robbing from us. You're stealing from us." I was like, "Oh, oh shit! You wow, that's yeah, intense." That I remember the. I think it was Pierce Richardson. He was a tight end. He was playing wing. It was on special teams, and Blyle would always have the opposite start to the way that you think this the thing is going to happen so he'll be like jesus christ tufty that's a great block and you're like i'm <laughs> that went the complete opposite direction of how he's supposed to start oh, and uh dude. pierce richardson he was on the he was on a wing uh, like you know you're supposed to just mm-hmm. you know punch mm-hmm. and go it out whatever yeah and he uh Blyle started go, I tell you what, Pierce Richardson, you know what they call you? A waste of a scholarship. <laughs> Dude, that stuff like that's tough for me, man. Like that staff was some of that stuff was tough, man. That yeah. was uh yeah, I, when I think I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then CO would uh I, I love CO though. He's cool. He would he would, I don't know, for whatever reason, he I, I don't think CO hated me. And so that was like a like not CO a, and Yancey, dude, were awesome, so, though, bro. CO, CO was responsible for, like, supervising the kickers throughout practice. And at one oh, point, that's right. That's yeah, right. We, we were doing, like, a one-on-one. One-on-one where it was, like, the, the, the kickers, punters, and long snappers where we did, like, you know, you're, you're, you've got, you're both at a cone. You've got cones to your right and your left. And it's, like, mm-hmm. you chop your feet and you pick one way. And then you kicker, punter, long snappers got to go and wrap up. At one point, CO was like, man, I don't know why the fuck we're doing this. And he, he I remember one time they had, like, freshly spray-painted the the lines and he went down and like we're like see like what are you doing man he's like man when i was a kid we used to get brown paper bags and would spray paint into the bag and just huff and get high we're like what (laughs) what are you you're supposed to be coaches right now and you're like yeah man when i was a kid we used to huff paint and get high he's like i don't really care if you guys are tackling right now i just gotta be out here supervising you guys we're like what are you doing right now that's so funny dude oh man so i got some great memories man there 
it's yeah. a tough one. But yeah, yeah, I mean, the first one that stands out is is you know picture day when the guy was we called you curly. Curly, or yeah. curly. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, you're you're weird. Hard enough being a white running back, don't be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then freaking uh, what's his name Herman called me curly forever. Yep. You know. Yeah, at least he addressed you though. He wouldn't even address you no know, specialist kicker. Hey Herman, what's up, kicker? God damn it, don't have a name, <laughs> dude. What what are the, what's Rhodes up to in those guys? I mean, he retired. He's, he's a linebacker coach at Boston College. So he retired then unretired. So like his semi-retirement was yeah. he went down to Gulf Shores High in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Oh wow! And was a, a I think just like a defensive coordinator at Gulf Shores High. They were they were good. They were good in high school. I mean, they were good. It's Gulf Shores High though. Like you ever been to Gulf Shores? No. Beautiful. Oh. Beautiful. Just white Pretty sand cool. beach. All the way through. I mean, it's the same beaches they run along the Emerald Coast here. Yeah. I think. So, yeah. like, it just gorgeous. So, I think it was just he still wanted to coach, but didn't want to do anything too seriously. And then, I don't know, I think one of his buddies got the co- was coaching or DC at Boston College. So, now he's a linebackers coach, DBs coach got at it. Boston College. Yeah. Actually working a little got bit. It. Yep. Got it. Cool. Boston College, I don't think it's very good, but good to get him, you know, back into a Power 5 coach. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Coach Pope's yeah. retired down in Galveston. Is he? Nice. Kenny P, golfing basically every day. Mm-mm. I got a box of Tic Tacs the other day from the store and I couldn't help but think of Coach Pope and every time he'd run, just... <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. <laughs> just the, the, the play without... The, oh my God, the play without the shoe. I, I'm trying to... I'm done. So there's a spring ball game. It was the first... It was our first spring ball and you were... I think they were trying to rest A-Rob. So it was basically you and me and James White and then because Jeremiah Schwartz and Bo Williams either weren't playing or weren't whatever. And... uh Dude, I, I know I did not play in the spring, ever play in the spring. I remember I sat so it was, out. It must have been, it was a bit of a fall camp then. Um, okay. But it was, at one point, you got a shoe taken off, like someone oh. just in a tackle, like someone pulled your shoe off. And Coach, we're trying to run hurry up, and Coach Pope is like, go without, go without the shoes. Just freaking out on the sideline. Play without the shoe. And uh, Coach Rhodes comes over, he's like, hey, let's not break his toes. <laughs> and then they had to get you off the field. That's hilarious, Because Pope man. was just freaking I out. I forgot about that, man. Dude, those practices were so hard. Like, did, did that? Did it get? I mean, compare those to the practice at Ohio. Very different, man. Like, and that's no offense to that staff, and you know, but that's not who recruited us or brought me in. Mm-hmm. You know, it was uh, Chizik and those guys. So it's a whole different culture than I was expecting. It was like it was tough, bro, for me. Like that whole squad, and then uh, is a much better fit at Ohio. Like. I don't know if y'all remember the winter fourth quarters. Do you remember those? Oh yeah, like oh, bro. Yeah. dude, I've got a oh, I've got dude, a story for like, another time with with the fourth and, quarters. And I remember fall camp. Remember freshman year? Mm-hmm. What do you fall camp? Uh, dude, I don't think I've ever been through anything hard. I don't know if it's just because I was a freshman, but I don't think I've ever been through anything harder than that fall camp. That was like it. It was a zillion degrees too. It was a zillion degrees, and it was horrible. And well, like terrible and I so i remember they didn't have shoe dryers for the first like three or yeah, four days dude. and so like it's a, a hundred well also uh as a mm-hmm. as a walk-on who i think if there's the 105 that gets to go to camp i think i was number 104 i think tame and yeah. hoiny might have been 105 but yeah <laughs> uh, and so i i they literally give me lineman cleats the ankle high yeah. four pounds worth seven studded lineman cleats and i'm going through running back drills with those getting foot cramps sweating through my shoes and have to go ask and like hey can i get some can i get some new shoes and then those well, like, i mean, stinky they, I mean they didn't shoes. recruit me so i was like there too so it's just like uh-huh. you know 
I don't know. It was tough for me that year. I mean, it, was, it ended up being great, and but I ended up getting hurt or whatever. But like, it was that was a that memory that was very tough. And then the winter fourth quarter, like, I remember thinking, this is horrible. You know, felt like too much, honestly. Yeah. But so yeah, so the, the, the I'll just I'll dive into it. So the, the fourth quarter story that I've got. So we were in the opposite corner. It'd be what the the northwest so corner. L- let me contextualize this for the listener before, so we can actually you, understand. You, the you story. know where I'm going? No, but what I'm just saying like this? just describing this describing what fourth quarters are so the fourth quarter drills there's six stations you divide up into so like it'd be like running backs go with uh it was just us it was just running backs maybe tight ends like running backs and tight ends or something like that running backs quarterbacks somebody and like the d-line travels and the o-line travel each position group is at a different station and each one of those stations uh you'd have like let's say you're pushing crab sleds and you have to push it 10 yards and they're you're in groups of three and the coach would say, you know, whatever, set, go, and you try and you go as fast as you can. Next person goes, whatever. And you're going for three minutes. And you have a minute and a half rest between it's three minutes of a station. You have a minute and a half rest between that station and the next station. For no, every it was 30 seconds. It was, it was, 30 it, was seconds rest. it was a it was okay. a minute or because every time you had it was a minute and then if you messed up, you did the 20 right. push-ups. So every time right. you it was five up downs. So every time you screwed <laughs> up, you had to do five yeah. up downs for each screw up so if you had one screw up you still got some kind of rest because it's five and you can get move on if you screwed up two or more times and you basically just had no rest from one station to the next station and a screw up consisted of a lack of effort so like if you were tired and you didn't go hard enough that counts as a screw up and it just snowballs in the next one so there's six stations you're trying to no avoid rest. a screw up the entire time so that is what fourth quarters were so we were going from one one station, we the specialists were going from one station to Yancey McKnight Station in the northwest corner of the indoor, which is on the opposite side of the of the the restrooms. And Yancey's station was, you know, three of you would come out, chop your feet, and then or, no, you, you wave would, reaction you, drill, yeah. You, you, you would somersault into it and then chop your feet, and he would point to your left, you'd shuffle to your left, mm-hmm. shuffle to your right, and he'd, he'd yep. send you through. And so you know you're on the ground or you're on your butt too. You know you shuffle on your butt and kind of roll around. And so the station before Yancey's we didn't have any mess ups. And so I was like, great, I've got a, a minute rest. And I was like, I was like, Yance, I was like, I've really got to poop. I really got to poop, man. Like, <laughs> like my stomach's hurting. I, I really got to poop. He's like, well, he's like, sorry. He's like, you only got a minute. I was like, can I just run to the bathroom quick? Like, I, I promise like I'll be quick. He's like, no. He's like, you can either shit your pants or, or, or go outside or go outside in the rocks. And I, I debated shit in my pants for 10 seconds. And I was like, I can't, I can't do it. So I went outside to the rocks took a dump wife was, I tried to, found the smoothest rock that i could <laughs> wife of the rock tossed it down i only missed one rep i only missed one rep which we had to Bro. you know we, we had to you know do the up downs whatever in between stations but i oh, i was so funny. relieved i was like i'm not about to shit my pants and, and then roll around with with poopy pants on so you just shaved it off of the rock real quick. Dude, I did. <laughs> I did. And su- yeah, surprisingly, but it's still, still recovering probably. That's <laughs> yeah. tough. Yeah. I mean, diaper rash is a real thing, Grant. That's funny, oh bro. That's yeah, but, but the, the door. So, so the, the door locked behind you too. So I remember when I was done, I was like, I was like, let me in, let me in guys. Like I'm done. And then Randy Dorn, one of the, one of the managers was like, he's all, he's getting his door locked. I was like, yeah, oh, let me back man. in. Bro, that's so great. That's so great, man. I love that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't think anybody shit. Did anyone shit themselves at Ohio? <laughs> no, I don't remember that one. No, not like that. That's funny. Oh, man. That's funny. Oh, man. I love it. But those are some tough times, dude. 
like like that uh, the fourth quarter was like very very tough so and I don't really know if it translated like, it was hard but I don't really know if it translated that much you know but I like I mean for me I didn't mind it because it was my chance as like yeah. scrub scrub walk on if I can beat yeah, I mean, I, great, the great thing is, I took. I thought you said poop yourself. No, no, no I, prove. I did not, Grant. Uh, but like, I'm going up against you know Bo Williams and guys yeah. like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I look great. Oh, no, you have to work Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, you can dominate, but it's just like I was. It's like never ended. It's just like, God. Uh, and then they let you go home for break for Christmas break oh or whatever. Then you come back, and mm-hmm. then you're everyone's dead and do it again. It's just yeah. like, dude. Um, they, the restaurants were Obetti's and Jackie O's. Those are the two restaurants they need to go to. Appreciate the thoroughness on yeah, following so. up there. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Just didn't want to forget. So I think that'd be all we got for you, Bo. Yeah. <laughs> so I went on some tangents there. One time. Yeah. <laughs> went on some tangents, man. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's the fun of it though. It's, you know, yeah. just, you're just kicking it. Double entendre, you know, talking about yeah. special teams are also just, just chilling, just kicking it. Man. So well, thank we, you guys for having me on. It's great. Yeah. No, we guys. really appreciate you joining us, Bo. And it's great to hear from you. Obviously probably haven't heard from you since college, but it's I know, man. great to catch up. Good to see you. Good to hear from you. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. Yeah, it's good to talk to you again, bud. We appreciate it. Thanks, Bo. You bet. Man, thanks to Bo Blankenship. That was the uh, interview on Kicking It by, uh, brought to you by Goldfinch Athletics. That was the shittiest interview we've ever done. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I can't. Um, great to hear from him. Great to hear from him. Bo's salt of the earth, dude. Absolutely. Just monster in the weight room, too. Yeah. He, yeah. He squats like 600 pounds. Yeah. I don't know if he still does. Looks yeah. like he still pushes a little bit of weight. He does. Yeah. He's just built like a tree trunk and runs like an ox. All right. Well, uh, we're going to try and get in a, a we're, we're going to shoot for the stars for next week's guest. If there's a chance that we get a decent name. Yeah. I mean, we're going to try to, I don't want to, you know, promise anything, but we're going to try to get some, so get a name. Just stay tuned. Try to get some names. Not that, not that Bo Blank and Tyler Sievertson and Scott, uh, Dockerman. Scott Dockerman aren't names, but um, yeah, we're trying to, it's going to get a little bit more difficult to, you know, Find people that we, because obviously Iowa, you and I, just you know, there may maybe people from you know within the state we know, so it may be a little more difficult to find someone but from anyway. Cincinnati. But we will, we'll Efforting. get we'll get some people. All right, thanks everybody. Thank you.